0: I am your host, Karina Gantis, and you're listening to a special edition of Behind the Pen for the Napod Pomo National Podcast Post Month. Hi, everyone! It's Karina Gantis here, your host for Behind the Pen. Welcome to another episode. I'm an award-winning author of 14 books, an award-winning filmmaker, booktuber, YouTuber. I host the Author Assist Show on the Art of First Radio network. I also run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing and promotion. Today my special guest is uh, Mark Smithvest. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: Thank you for having me Karina.
0: My pleasure. So Behind the Pen is a show for anyone who holds a pen. You could be an artist, illustrator, editor, uh, writer, musician, tattooist, anyone who holds a pen. So my first question to you, Mark, is how do you use your pen?
1: Well, I consider myself a writer and a blogger. Uh, I have a couple different blogs and I prefer shorter form. So I I consider myself an essay writer. Uh, Unlike many of your other guests, I have never written a novel. Uh, I hope to someday, but I like to start small uh, and I I have a big presence. I, I've been on Twitter forever, so <laughs> I like to think that I have gotten good at short form. Because, as you know, Twitter, <laughs> uh, when Twitter first started, it was 160 characters. And now I think it's up to 240. I
0: remember that. So, yeah. They-
1: uh, brevity, brevity is my specialty.
0: They they used to add the image on as part of your number count, and you could hardly write anything. And then when they said, "Oh no, you can have the picture free," that gave us more room to actually write messages on Twitter. I can't remember how long I've been on there, so a long, long time now. So, being you're good at shorthand, short pieces, and being you're good at short essays and twitters and what have you. How are you with flash fiction? Have you ever tried it? Can you write it? Have you done it? Uh,
1: You know, I saw on your website that you mentioned you do flash fiction. And it intrigued me. I wanted to ask you about it because I'm not exactly sure how you define flash fiction.
0: Okay. Flash fiction is also known as what they call one-minute fiction. It's a story, start, middle and end in less than a thousand words. Some can be 200, some can be 500, but no more than a thousand will be classed as flash fiction. So it's like one or two pages.
1: Okay, I have not done that, but uh, I think it was last summer. I really love the idea of collaboration. And I tried to interest a few of my friends to do something like flash fiction where I started a, uh, a blog and I would write a few paragraphs and then someone else would add on to it. Mm. And so the idea is that each person would add a few paragraphs and, t- and perhaps take the story in an odd direction or a Very. twist. <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh, it was science fiction because I, I love uh, speculative fiction, sci-fi. Um, I'm a huge Star Trek fan I love talking about any kind of uh, you know superhero movie or anything in that realm so you
0: should uh, uh, see the episode I did when uh, Walter uh, Koenig came onto my show oh wow yeah you have a look for it
1: I I look okay
0: yeah it's it's on um, the audio podcast it's also on the YouTube uh, behind the pen as well
1: Okay, great. I I think sadly, He passed away, didn't he? When? Uh well, I know that there were some Star Trek uh, original cast members who have passed away, but it, maybe it wasn't him. They Obviously, he just had the book Takai. released. Oh, okay. No, it was um uh maybe it was the gentleman that that portrayed the engineer the the Scottish Scotty, James Doohan maybe, mm. or I, I don't know the Doctor um, McCoy. McCoy, I think one of yeah, those we'll have to
0: check. Yeah, one away. of them. Yeah, no, Walter. As far as I know, he's still still alive and kicking. Good. And uh, yeah, very interesting chatting with him and uh, talking about his uh, time on Star Trek and also the other work that he's been doing because he, he did a lot of a direction as well on theatre. So uh, that was interesting. Anyway, um, back to you, yes, um, flash fiction. Do you know, when, when I'm writing a novel and I get stuck, um, I don't get blocked, I don't believe in getting blocked. I'm, I'm, I'm at the edge of a cliff and I can't get over to the other side. No ladder, no tree stump, nothing. So what I do is I go over to my fans over on um, my fan page on Facebook and I say to them give me three random words so I get this whole long list of all these people giving me the three words I write them down close my eyes bing 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 I pick three out of that list and I write a flash fiction using those three words how does that challenge sound to you Mark
1: I, I love that challenge. Uh, I have a, a friend here in Chicago, who's an, a fellow writer. And every day she sends out an email with a writing prompt. And mm-hmm. it can just be a few words or something. Um, I myself, I'm, I'm about ready to begin a new series of essays, and I'll probably turn it into a podcast, because I'm also doing NAPOD POMO the mm-hmm. national podcast post month. Um, and the prompt for myself is called advice for your 17 year old self. Mm. And uh, the, the reason why I was inspired to do this, I have a 17 year old daughter who's a senior in high school and she's been applying to a lot of colleges. And here in the U.S. Uh, many colleges require essays And there are seven of them, which are commonly used. And so what I'd like to do is write seven essays uh, based on each of these essay questions, perhaps as if I were 17 again, and what kind of advice, how I would write it. Because when I think about myself when I was 17, I don't know what I would have said. But now that 30 years later, with all the life experience and disappointments and, Things, you know, what I would write. So that's kind of um, coming up for me. I want to do it maybe this week or next.
0: How, how's it going with the, the uh, NAPOD promo for you? Have you been putting up a podcast every day?
1: It's been going well, surprisingly. Um, I did get a little bit of a head start. So before November 1st, I began recording and you know, as a, as a writer, I am relatively late to the game. So I feel like I've, I've had a lot of thoughts and ideas brewing inside me for, for many years. Um, I mentioned that I, I'm a blogger. And last night, I went back and looked at a lot of my writings. A lot of it started after 2003, when mm-hmm. my daughter was born. And then uh, in 2006, I left my full time job to be a, a stay at home parent. Wow. And so that was a point when I started blogging about what it's like to be a stay at home dad. And uh, it's, it's kind of melancholy because I, there are certain themes that I see over the years. One theme that I consistently talk about is uh, we're almost at the end of the year and New Year's. New Year's Eve is a very special time for me. Uh, It it can be a very happy time and optimistic time thinking about what's ahead Mm. Uh, but in recent years I've noticed my essays have kind of turned darker Mm. and more of um, a sad you know melancholy tone of another year gone by and uh, especially with COVID now.
0: Yes we can't be very positive with that yeah.
1: Yeah so it's looking back, you know, it also gives me material for now I know New Year's Eve is coming up this year. And looking back on what I've written, uh, perhaps updating it in a way. So I don't Mm. know. if. (laughs) When you uh, mentioned about
0: being a single dad and blogging about it, first thing clicked in my head was, there's a book, there's a book, you actually using your blog posts in a book describing what you went through and what how um, your experience was as being a stay-at-home dad. That would sell like hotcakes.
1: Perhaps. I know there have been other uh, stay-at-home dads that have done similarly, so um, I don't know how well I would do that justice. The The book actually that I would more be more willing to write is in uh, 2017, while I was still a stay at home dad, I became uh, an Uber driver. Mm. And the I've I've done over 5000 rides. And every every Uber driver has many stories like I've seen it all. (laughs) You know, I, I drive late nights, weekends. So you can imagine the bar crowd drunks. Amorous couples, uh, did you blog that? Know. Did you write about it? I actually I started a podcast about it. And um, I didn't it didn't continue. I did about I think a dozen audio <laughs> episodes. Uh, I actually there have been other again, other people that have written about being an Uber driver, very, you know, kind of lurid stories. Many of them actually are the same, right? You know, like I said, drunk people, people who make out in your backseat, people who vomit in your backseat, all (laughs) kinds of stuff. But it's a niche,
0: and and when you write a book, especially nonfiction, you have to look for that niche. And uh, yeah, maybe there are ones that are like taxi drivers um, stories, Um, but uh, because you've been blogging, and if you use actual blog posts, or transcripts from your uh, podcast you did for a little while that would make it a different kind of uh, format inside the book to the other books that are out there so it's definitely a possibility
1: yeah I listened to one of your previous interviews with an author and I think you talked about either he was writing uh, a book that had to do with um, Lucifer and the angels and them having a war and yeah I heard you say something about how you know that's sort of a uh I don't know what you call it I mean it's it's uh people have written about it's not it's been done
0: loads of times so I said to him why is yours different why should somebody go out and buy your book and not another one about angels and demons and so he explains the premise of his plot which was uh, quite a, a twisty one and of course he's still writing two more books because he's a debut author um, but yeah the first thing that clicked was oh I've seen the film I've read the books you know I've seen the tv shows I know what goes on with the uh, fighting between the angels and heaven and end of the world and all that um, but yeah he's he's definitely twisted it up a lot so uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah I don't mind I don't mind saying that I, I don't have a problem saying that <laughs> you know it's it's when there's so many authors out there and so many books being published every day you're bound to be so similar to somebody else's i mean my new right. one came out this month and i read i'm still reading the same genre of books even though mine's out now and i came across one towards the end of one i was reading last night and the ending was very similar to mine, and yet I'd never read a book before. It happens, you know. There's so many. There's so many ways you could go, but it, it happens. It's so very. Um, it's difficult to to be so um, unique and not be so uh, into the stereotyping of uh, fiction genres, but with nonfiction, because there are books out there in those niches. You've got to go one step ahead and just do something a little bit different to the others. And I think as a, a blog format inside the book would be really cool. But that's just my opinion.
1: <laughs> yes. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, there are books already about stay-at-home dads and Uber drivers. So what is it that would be different for me? Um, I tend to work, I call it cross-media or transmedia. And so, for example, I had another idea of working with improv actors (laughs) in a way I'm sure you know Facebook, If, if you're on Facebook and people make posts about pictures of babies and travel and all kinds of happy things as well as sad things. Well, I thought, well, what if you could work with improv actors and essentially pretend to be people in relationships. And over the course of a year, you would post these little snippets, which were not true, right, but they were kind of made up in the moment. And then you compile all of those tweets or Facebook posts, and that is the book. And the Mm. the narrative through line is, uh, you know, along the way, there would be conflict. So you imagine, I portray a character who meets another person at a bar, they fall in love, you know, but then they have a falling out, or maybe they get divorced, or, you know, a child passes away or something. And so it's it's a different way of composing. It's like, it's, it's improv. It's not pre-written. Um, perhaps there would be someone who is a director who kind of shapes, you know, okay, well, this is, you know, this storyline we're going to promote or something that way. Um, that's I
0: can, I, I can, like I can part see of a where, Yeah, I can see where you're going with it. But it, it sounds, when you're saying improv actors and directors, I'm thinking uh, drama plays, but then because you're not talking about recording, you're actually talking about writing uh, the transcript of these improvs.
1: Correct, I think, you know, cause um... Improv is mainly seen in comedy, so like in the US Saturday Night Live is very popular. Uh, here in Chicago, some would say is the birth of improv, and then many times improv is simply used to, to create the rough sketch, and then once they have the idea, they go back and clean it up and, and rehearse it and it's no longer improv. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a kind of an idea generation mm. method. Nice no, but, but good, the ones I mean. Who are,
0: you know you you run with whatever whatever grabs you and you you feel like you've really got the passion for it and it won't leave you and you keep having ideas of the same thing then that's when you know you need to start work on that idea when it won't leave you when you can't sleep when it's just going round and round in your head that's when you pick up the pen that's when you get it all out and that's when you know you're going to have gold because uh, something deep inside is telling you, you have to write that.
1: Yeah, and like I said earlier, I really love the idea of collaboration because I don't think personally, I could write an entire novel by myself, but I'm, I'm stimulated and energized by the input of, of other people. Mm. So going back to that original example of this flash fiction with my friends, where we would each write a paragraph and then add on to it. It, it requires, you know, dedication and a group of people that you feel comfortable working with. Uh, but I also like long form in that this project that I just described would, would, would unfold over an entire year before the final book is compiled.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you, so. you are. You're going with, with, with that way. You are doing your short um, bursts. Uh, but then you're putting it all together later on as, as a book. So it, uh, it's not like you're writing a full novel. You're just uh, putting all the little posts together to make the book.
1: Yeah. yeah I, have, so I cool. have ADHD, so it's hard to focus on one thing. I like to focus on five things at the same time.
0: <laughs> we like multitasking as authors as well. Authors, podcasts, entrepreneurs... We always multitask, don't have a say in it. I've done about, I don't know, I've got five full-time clients and I've been doing something Mm -hmm. all day for each of them. And then after this uh, podcast, I'm on a a quiz show that's done on uh, YouTube, which is going to be quite quite interesting. It's called Funky Quest. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like questions and you just have to come up with the answer. It's like you make up a Mm -hmm. story to do with the answer and then they vote on who who was the most funkiest person. But uh, yeah, it's something I've never done before. So try anything. You know, when opportunity knocks, whether it's something that you think you can do or whether it's something that doesn't interest you, you don't know. Just grab it. I mean, it's not costing you anything. Go for it. You never know what could happen. You know when when you've done that, I mean, so many things have dropped in my lap lately, and I've said yes, 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 yes to, um, like the pod, <laughs> the pod, uh, the Nan Pod promo, uh, at the same time as releasing my book, which is a big mistake. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm getting one uploaded and recorded every single day, so I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, I know, I'm in the zone. I know what I'm doing there. So your, your podcasts that you're doing now for the uh, NAPOD POMO, they're just you talking into the microphone about stuff that's happening around you, um, private stuff, family actually,
1: stuff. Actually, my NAPOD POMO is similar to yours in that I decided, okay, I'm just going to interview interesting people. And I put the call out to first off my Facebook friends, so it was an excuse to catch up with a lot of old friends that I, I haven't seen oh, in a long time. That's nice. Uh, yeah, and then also, you know, some business colleagues and it, everything is different. So um, I've interviewed a, uh, a sketch artist who goes and sketches uh, court trials um a a local a lady who's a professional podcaster and she has a show here in chicago um a a family who is traveling around the world even from during covid so they're now living in mexico and yeah everyone is different and i like that i don't like the same thing um this later on this week someone i met on twitter uh I'm going to interview and I've, you know, I've never met her before. So just like we're doing today, it's like we, you didn't really know me until we're speaking now.
0: Exactly. Um, so that's
1: what I've, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I think for the second half, I may switch it up a little, like I said, with this advice for your 17-year-old self and do more of my own personal thoughts and reflections. Um, I do like working with technology. So what I'm also doing is taking some of those old blog posts and converting it to audio. Perfect.
0: Yes. Excellent idea.
1: Whatever works. I think they're very uh, open as what counts as audio.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So um, what's your podcast actually called?
1: Um, I can post the link or in the chat afterwards. Um, it just called Mark Smith of us, a month of interviews. Nice on pod podcast.co. And I, I am very new to podcasting, even though, like I said, I started my Uber driver podcast on anchor. Um, I heard about net pod Pomo via Twitter and thought, well, why not? It's, uh, the founder you know she says it's it's a good way to um, fail fast and get good <laughs> so it's like, like a boot, it's like a boot camp
0: it's a boot camp yeah I oh, know yeah. my, my readership has definitely gone up since I've done this and uh, like I said I've connected with people that I've known for years in the writing community but I've never spoken to and I've actually seen them on camera and talked with them and it's been so nice finally meeting them so that's uh, given me a chance to do that. And plus, like I said, the readership has, has gone up at least 50% now. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm glad I did it.
1: Yeah. Still doing it. (laughs) We're um, not finished yet. (laughs) Are you, uh, you said you were on Twitter. Do you still actively use Twitter?
0: Um, Twitter for me is a dump and run. It's basically you put a post up and then you leave. As long as you use the right hashtags, you'll get notifications some retweets but uh, no one's ever contacted me and wanted to have a conversation or anything and I haven't done that with uh, other people and I haven't done any of these um, uh, stuff that goes on during the week on Twitter when it comes to the writing community there's prompts and there's um, um, what's it called uh, where you give a a quick um, like a five minute rundown of your novel to a agent. I can't remember what the word they call that. Like, a, like
1: a pitch. A, a pitch, pitch thank you,
0: thank you. So they have pitch wars and everything on there. So I know all that's going on, but I just do not have the time. I really don't. I'm five days a week with my clients on author assist, 10 hours a day. And then I have the weekends to prom- promote my 14 books, write, edit I've got two more I'm working on so then I've got the podcast then I've got the radio show then I've got my other stuff which are book trailers and narrations and the list just goes on and on and on. I'm doing all that by myself I'm I'm a one woman show so yeah I don't unfortunately I don't have a lot of spare time to do anything uh, fun (laughs) which is why I'm doing this (laughs) quiz thing soon after because Yeah, I you'll just saw to, the opportunity and I thought, oh,
1: that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to send me the link to the YouTube show. I'd love to, to watch that. Um, but the reason I mentioned Twitter is, is Jennifer and I, Jennifer, who's the founder of NAPOD POMO, mm-hmm. we hang out a lot on Twitter. And one of the new features that is gaining traction on Twitter is the ability to create these live audio spaces. It's called Twitter Spaces. Uh, yeah, nice sort of heard is, of it, yeah yeah you can have multiple people drop in and so it's more like a panel discussion and we figured out you can record those spaces and so I've done it a couple times where I would launch a Twitter space have a chit chat about whatever and then get the audio file and then upload it to my podcast and then that becomes another episode so, so- uh
0: when you announce that you're doing a Twitter space and what it's going to be about, do people just jump in?
1: Oftentimes it's that it's just random whomever sees that post, which can kind of sometimes create odd conflicts, like if whatever your topic is and then someone jumps in and then they derail it to something else. But um, if you have an established network the best way is to, to let those people know in advance that hey, on Thursday at 10 a.m., I'm going to host a talk on self-publishing. And then you can invite specific people like, hey, can you jump on and, and be my guest? That tends That's to cool. be better. It, it's almost like a live podcast recording.
0: So what makes it different from what we're doing now? Is it because they're dis- you only have a certain amount of time, maybe?
1: Well, now we know it's one, it's one-on-one and in Twitter spaces, you could have two, three, 20, 40. And so it's more like you're recording in audience and you can, you can take questions. You can invite people up on stage. to Like Clubhouse. Exactly. Yes. And you can also record in Clubhouse too.
0: That's cool. I just have to find the time now to go and play around with it and (laughs) suss it out.
1: (laughs) Well, anytime you're interested, just let me or Jennifer know we, we can spin up one of these rooms very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely going to have to check that out. I do like to to keep up with the, the marketing side of things and what, what can work and what can't work for myself and my clients. And if uh, if Twitter space is, is gaining a lot of attention, then it's something I need to, yeah. uh, to work out more. And-
1: I've seen that done where um, an agent will bring their client on who has a book or a movie or something to promote and then they have a Q&A mm. you know, with anyone who drops in to listen and then they'll say, do you have a question for this author at the end? If you record it, then even if nobody shows up, you have content then which helps your client.
0: That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting uh, way of uh, promotion. Oh, I'm glad you told me about that. Thank you so much, Mark. It's wonderful what you can learn from other people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Well, it was, it was a pleasure to, to speak with you. And I, I wish you the best of luck with the rest of your napad POMO.
0: Same here. <laughs> I'll, um, you... Uh, If you get in touch with me and uh, I'll have the links so people can actually find your podcast and have a listen to it, Uh, it will be on uh, the end of uh, the audio. So uh, thank you so much for being a guest on Behind the Pen, Mark. It's been a pleasure meeting you.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.